Google Chrome version 59 was released a few days ago. We don't comment on every update to Chrome because they happen all the time, but this update has some great new features for web developers that we need to dig into. Before we get into that though, this is A Brighter Web, episode number three, brought to you by all of us at Green Melon, which includes me, Mickey Melon, and some of my awesome coworkers and friends that you'll hear in future episodes. Our goal with this podcast is to share news, products, and ideas with you so we can all make the web a brighter place to be. These might be actual web tips, talking about strategy, WordPress plugins, and UX, or it might be productivity ideas to help you get more done and free up your time to do great things. We also want to thank our sponsor, ClickHost.com. ClickHost provides top-rate web hosting at prices as low as $5 a month. Visit ClickHost.com ABW for an exclusive 20% off discount for listeners of A Brighter Web. That's ClickHost, as in click, C-L-I-C-K, ClickHost.com ABW. Today we're going to talk about the great new developer features in the latest version of Google Chrome, a bit more about WordPress 4.8 that came out last week, some updates to Apple's Safari and Google Chrome coming soon that will be great for web users, and some clarification from Google regarding duplicate content on the web. Let's dig in. Google Chrome 59 came out last week, and while it doesn't seem much different on the surface, there's some great things in the page inspector for developers to use. First, make sure you have the latest version of Chrome. Go to Settings, then to Help, then About Google Chrome, and it'll update, and you'll have the latest version installed automatically. A few neat things if you inspect the element of a page to dig into the code, including CSS and JavaScript code coverage to see if all the code is actually being used on a page. You can maybe remove some extraneous code that's not being used. You can take full page screenshots. It'll automatically scroll for you and take screenshots all the way down the page. You can block requests from certain CSS and JavaScript. So you can block a piece and see how the page performs without that in there to see if it really matters, along with a lot of other great features. So go check that out. If you're a developer, you should be really happy with these new features in there. As we discussed last week, WordPress 4.8 was indeed released. This was a bigger update, so most of your sites will not automatically update to it. However, there were no security patches with it. Some great features, but no security, so no need to rush and update right away. I'd encourage you to get your plugins up to date, get a good backup in place and run it, but we've updated it on hundreds of sites. No big issue so far. The pieces you'll really notice are the new widgets, including the WYSIWYG text widget that lets you select bold, italic, and links in the little text widgets along with the video, image, and audio widgets to make it easier to add those kind of elements to your site. Apple Safari and Google Chrome both have new updates coming in the next few months that'll be great for web users that could be a little dangerous to us that develop sites. Both of them will be blocking additional content on websites that they don't think are in the user's best interest. Safari will be blocking autoplay videos in their high Sierra release coming in late June, and Chrome will begin to block particularly egregious ads. This is certainly a great step and really continues what they already do, Google, of course, already blocks sites that they think are malicious, and they all block pop-ups. Some are worried this could be a slippery slope, though, to blocking other ads in the future. Given that Google makes most of the revenue from ads, people are worried that they may use this to their advantage. So far, though, it seems like a good thing. Google does block some of this kind of stuff on mobile already, so having your desktop browser run that much more smoothly should be a good thing. We'll see how that evolves in the future. And if you run ads on your site, certainly keep this in mind, as Google may block those if you have ads that are particularly annoying to users. But those of you that run normal ads, some banners, or Google AdSense, you should be in good shape, at least for the foreseeable future. If you run a website, you're likely familiar with potential issues surrounding duplicate content. While there's not a penalty for duplicate content per se, if you copy content from somewhere else and use it on your site, your rankings will certainly be affected. Google's Gary Isles is very good about answering questions on Twitter about a variety of topics, and it's nice to hear from him just to get some official word from Google on whatever he has to say that day. At this point, he's clarified what duplicate content really is, and we have a link to that post in the show notes. But very simply, it's one of two things. Someone who takes a piece of content from one site and changes it slightly on their own site, 
or someone that takes content from a different site and puts it on their own site with different boilerplate text around it and the header and footer and stuff, but the chunk of text is still the same. We've known Google doesn't like duplicate content for a long time, but it's nice to get clarification directly from them on what they think duplicate content is. And as we've said, it's not a penalty. Your site won't be penalized via duplicate content. The issue is they'll decide where the original content came from, and then any other pages that have that same content simply won't rank well. This can be a problem for you if your site had the original content and someone steals it from you, which is why it's important to have sitemaps and other things set up on your site to make sure Google knows as soon as you publish content so they can correctly identify you as the original author of it. And lastly, for our tip of the week, we're going to talk about blog comments a little bit. If you use Jetpack, I strongly encourage you to go into the settings in the discussion tab. And there's an option there that allows users to subscribe to your posts and comments and receive notifications via email. It's a simple little checkbox to make a big difference for your users. As a user on other blogs, I love seeing this checkbox. So I can go in, leave a comment, check the box, and get emailed when someone else replies and keep that discussion going. And it really benefits both parties. As a user, I love it because I can go back in and keep the conversation going without having to try to remember to check back on that site or leave it open in a tab. And as a website owner, it gives your users email notifications to come back to your site again and keeps your traffic level high and engagement strong. So if you use Jetpack on your site already, which most of you probably do, Again, go to the settings to the discussion tab and allow users to subscribe to your posts and comments and they'll get those emails. The other piece in there is not just comments, but it's also posts. People can check a box and subscribe to get your posts by email. You may have that set up via MailChimp or some other means, but making it super easy for people to subscribe, whatever way is easiest for them, is always a good thing. So that's all we have for this week. You can find me on Twitter at MickMel, M-I-C-K-M-E-L, or learn more at GreenMelonMedia.com. You can find more about the podcast, including show notes and links at abrighterweb.com or on Facebook or Twitter at abrighterweb. If you're in the Atlanta area, come check out our meetup this week where we'll be talking about using Feedly, podcasts, and other tools for staying on top of news and trends. If you're not in the Atlanta area, we'll be posting a recap on the site soon after the meetup so you can check it out either way. You can learn more about that at abrighterweb.com slash meetup. Thanks for listening. <laughs>